0: To our so expanded collaboration, bad. Oh, yeah. well, like it's ever good. Come on,
1: there's I, the Nathan one. Okay, as well, a, okay, as an avid Nathan's l- listener. I, Nathan's part is,
0: is good, but it's it. My singing voice comes in and just screams over it, and it's all ruined. <laughs>
1: true shame. No, but like the, the Nathan part is like. You know, it, it transforms my brain into, like, a whole nother world where I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to Mark Smith. It does. It does. It's like, you hear the boop 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 boop, 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 boop. And It's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, every episode. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things that you just... Same with the shut up and let the book read.
0: That's right.
1: That's read. The... <laughs> I can't uh, believe that happened to me.
0: Oh, too good. Oh, <laughs> um... So, listeners, if you can't tell, we're uh, we're down Nathan again this week, but uh, we know how to do this. We got two of us. We're ready to go. Well, you
1: know, you were down me last week. That's so. right.
0: That's right. We've just got a rotating little little yeah, uh, two host thing is going. The on.
1: Anchor. No, J.K. David was the first one to. Skip. I was going to say I missed before anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But anyway, this is a lot less organized when Nathan's not here in the group, too. You know, Uh,
1: I think that's probably going to lead to a certain charm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Real folksy. (laughs) Mid-episode marketing for the episode. Good work. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Um,
1: So last episode, uh, we said we were going to recap the paragraph.
0: Yes, the so last time we were in the red deal, we said we were going to start back off with the paragraph we left off with because it's so good and it's so important and it's so and, concise. In reality,
1: we're not even going to start off with that paragraph. We're going to start off criticizing, you know, Sos gems and liberals <laughs> uh, <laughs> because obviously there's like a lot of shortcomings in like, you know, the green new deal mm-hmm. as it's proposed and um you know, the paragraph before the last paragraph we read mentions the Green New Deal, and that's why I'm bringing it up because I just didn't get to read the nice notes I wrote down. You know, <laughs> um, so I, oh, I, I think there's, there's going to be a little. Battery.
0: Yeah, I was, I was, before we do that, did did we want to grab uh, any current events? I know I want to mention um, last time I was talking about protests raging on in Haiti and. Um, and the U.S., you know, like partnering with, you know, say Mexico, Dominican Republic, and, and, and pushing them into um, Haiti to do the U.S.'s dirty work. Well, as of this is the 25th, we're recording 23rd. Um, the U.S. had landed in uh, Toussaint Louverture International Airport um, with U.S. Marines and I believe you said you saw and this is the most predictable thing ever, it's usually these three, especially in a, a former French colony um, like Haiti or, or or some of the former French African colonies uh, but it's U.S., France and Canada all there, is what you saw? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a Canadian plane that landed um, mm-hmm. and, um, as far as I understand it was U.S. Special operations, and I'm pretty sure at least, I, at, at least the French like Foreign Legion. I mm-hmm. bet you mm-hmm. know some sort of militia group that's super associated with the actual national military.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously in 2004, the U.S. staged a coup in, in Haiti. This is after a hundred years of, of colonizing Haiti. Oh, um, they're just unstable. A, they just don't know how to, yeah, you know, take just, care
1: of themselves. They, they what just what they don't mean. know how to
0: run a country. That's what, yeah. uh, <laughs> but obviously this is, a you know, a century of specifically the U.S. colonizing Haiti after a century of Haiti being punished for breaking away from being a slave colony from France. Well, literally, France. they had to
1: pay reparations. Mm-hmm. Like, to France? Hold
0: mm-hmm. on.
1: <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and that's it pisses me off when, like, people are like, we don't have to pay reparations. It's like, dude, Haiti's still paying reparations. Well, and
0: on top of that... Haiti's
1: that... still paying reparations. America can pay some reparations.
0: Well, yeah, well, on top of that, when we're talking about reparations in America, that's, that's you know, make... That's the only way to transfer wealth and to bring it back to something more well, it's equitable. Well, that's not the only way. There's reparations
1: oh. and then there's restorations. And then okay. There's, I... Like, with the case of the... It's different per tribe, right? But if yeah. you're, like, you know... What do the tribes want? We will never accept money. There's supposedly like a multi-billion dollar trust in mm-hmm. the Oglala Lakota name that we will never touch because the Black Hills are not for sale. If we touch the money, then it, even though we don't actually have a say, so to say, you know, we can touch that money and then it legitimizes the deal.
0: Yeah, and legitimizing. This is the same thing we talked about uh, with Excuse when me and Nathan did um, neo-colonialism. This is how a lot of like roads and stuff colonize Africa is those kind of legal gotchas. Um, that's how how colonialism works. There's a lot of legality and, and and legitimization that that goes into that, and that's why you can battle things legally, and you're never going to fully win on that because that's entirely in the stage of the colonizer, but you have to battle there. You can't, like, let them just steamroll you there. That that obviously has mm-hmm. a great amount of power. It's not that every colonization well, like, is weak. It's that that
1: legal precedent matters. There, there's this super annoying take that, you know, uh, just very, I guess, uneducated. I don't know. I don't want to say uneducated. It's just, like, unexperienced. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know a lot of outside their purview, right? Yeah, we, we
0: usually see ignorance as, as insulting or carelessness, but it literally, by definition, is is not being aware of of the truth and speaking on it anyway. Um, so you know, I mean, there, it's it's just a level of ignorance. Yeah.
1: Well, exactly, and you get a lot of Marxists that will say like, "Oh, legalism is meaningless," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Well, <laughs> let me tell you, we're not winning a lot of fronts with protests in the indigenous community these days."
0: Okay? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those things like legalism, electoralism. There's certain arenas where they matter, and then there, but they there's certain people that have also placed them up as a pathway for liberation or a substitute well, for and liberation. What does and you can't matter do that. mean, right? Well, like, yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Matter is like you you know you can engage, basically. The best way I see legalism from an indigenous sovereignty point of view is it really expresses the contradictions in a settler colonial society through the, you know, legal systems um, forced upon that uh, colony uh, and those colonized people. You know, if you operate by – well, the most easy example is that by law, Mm -hmm. treaties are the equivalent to the constitution – how yeah. many constitutionalists do you think are saying land back? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then when we say land you know, when we say land back, you know, and it's just uphold treaties, that's like Indian collectives land back.
0: Yeah. You know, but, uh, it's uh, like it's, you
1: could do better as Marxists.
0: But there, there's an argument there too, you know. I mean it's it, if you think the Constitution, like like we do, is is you know subtle or colonial bullshit used to repress people written by slaveholders, um, and and you don't want to be a or you don't want to you know be privy to that shit. That doesn't mean you're gonna like you know not. Uh, uphold your right to the plead the Fifth Amendment and shit like that. You know I mean? You've got to throw that out the window because it's bullshit and, and go, well, that's that's not a pathway to defending myself uh, against arrest. Like, legalism is fighting power with with its, you know, source of power. I mean, that's... There's a whole reason we turn to to violence and guns. Right. We're not, you know, inherently violent people. We're fighting violence with violence. You have to... It, it sounds weird to, to say, you know, you don't fight fire with fire, you fight fire with water, and there's... And that's an application of, like, you don't want to escalate escalate war that's just going to kill everyone
1: speaking of Fred Hampton yeah. perfectly.
0: you know like uh, yeah. this is
1: all really you know exemplifying the critique of liberal politics and mm-hmm. social democratic or even like patriotic socialists right you know that the, the, they don't actually uh, yeah. you know as a Marxist you know there isn't the actual water being implied there
0: right, right.
1: They're, they're quite literally trying to fight fire with fire first Which it's like,
0: well, on on top of that, too. Yeah, I mean, when you say you you can't fight fire with fire, that's talking about like you know you can't just escalate things, or you can't. In Fred Hampton's application, you can't fight racism with racism. That's just not going to do it, right? You exactly. Yeah, you have you can't fight you know class antagonism with a new class antagonism. You have to abolish class. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't you don't you don't get into a boxing ring and then go. Well, I'm not using my fists like at some point you know what kind of battle you're in and you have to fight that battle and and so you know legalism as like you know something fetishized something that's the only way to fight just like nonviolence um or electoralism has immense you know shortcomings and there's different times and different applications where it's more or less important or effective but it's definitely an arena that you have to fight in. Why would you? You know that that's the thing that gives so much colonialism so much legitimacy, and it's such a strategy, and it's honestly the most powerful peaceful tactic you have. Well, it's a
1: great way to appeal right to a, a wide audience, mm-hmm. and um, like the argument that is uh, the vanguard will come from colonized people. Right. Uh, yeah, y- you kind of need to reach that wide audience with that because you mm-hmm. never really know.
0: You still got to be a vanguard. You can't. You can't be a small nucleus in, in opposition. Yeah.
1: Right. Like you actually have. Like you, it's not enough to only talk to the intelligentsia of Marxism on mm-hmm. Twitter. Like I, I, there's a lot of people that just get really bogged down in theoretical conversations with me, and I'm just like, okay, but can we just talk like real people for a second? Like, right.
0: Right, because uh, most people you come up to and you say, "I have this right," and it was violated. They're going to be like, "Oh, you know," and they're, and they're going to be on your side, right? And right, but if you come up and go like, "Fuck your rights," you know, they'd be like, "What?" Was it? Well, it's it's more it's different than that. And then you got to get an explanation. But you do have to, you know, let them know where like the system's bullshit. You don't do it by like thumbing strategy.
1: <laughs> well, and so. Um, You know, this book, you know, is meant to appeal to a large Mm -hmm. variety of colonized people mostly, but, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, settler cadres can, uh, you know, adopt a lot of the principles set here, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, a pamphlet that's meant to, you know, follow the people, but rather, you know, educate people and kind of drive their direction towards um, useful experiments to run in the Crucible Revolution, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, the Fred Hampton quote that I think is most applicable here is when he says uh, in uh, 1969, uh, power anywhere there's people. But He says, power anywhere there's people. Let, let me give you an example of uh, teaching people. Basically, the way they learn is observation and participation. You know, a lot of us go around and joke ourselves into believing that uh, the masses have uh, the, the masses have. <laughs> I have the worst handwriting.
0: <laughs> We're just gonna play it off like that's part of what Fred oh, said too. Fred yeah. said I have the worst handwriting, guys.
1: The masses <laughs> have PhDs, but that's not true. And even if they did, it, it didn't. Make, it wouldn't make a difference because with, with some things you have to learn by seeing it or either participating in it. And you know yourself that there are people walking around your community today that have all types of degrees that should be at this meeting, uh, but are not here today, right? Because you can have as many degrees as a thermometer. If you don't have any practice, they can't walk across the street and chew gum at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in in this same meeting, he recounts how uh, Newton and Seal put up a stop sign after uh, being put around the ringer, so to say, by the government. You know, they literally just get a shotgun and they just put up a sign and (laughs) there would be this, they would take it down, they'd put it back up, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, uh, nobody stopped them from putting it up, at least, because there'd be a gun. (laughs) You know, don't take down that sign. I'm not going to lose my fucking life over a fucking stop sign.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) That seems like a stupid fight, right? Yeah. Uh, And so, like, the left is really unaware how much influence the indigenous uh, you know block, so to say, like a lot of indigenous actions have had on the left, um, and I I would say that's probably like a concerted effort by the settler government to not teach people the mm-hmm. you know unity. Um, mm-hmm. But like, okay. uh, oh, go on.
0: Oh, I was just I was just gonna agree and say you know we spent a lot of time on this podcast like you know uh, making sure we clear up the the, the cloudiness that that's set on with propaganda with current and former socialist countries and u.s official enemies and and you know obviously people in and you know houseless people and, and things like that extends to you know indigenous people as well right like i mean you get mistaught or untaught or lied to about situations to demonize um, enemies or ignore history and wrongdoing and everything's just how it is and you get this nice little you know everything's good and you're on the good side view of history and even when you learn otherwise it's alarming and it's tough because you weren't taught that and you're like oh now this is uncomfortable you know well, and that so makes people like, resist growing to up it.
1: to me it was very weird because like you kind of just assumed everybody knew that what we were being taught was BS yeah like, when in reality no they were hearing that for the first time They,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, you know like, I don't know like as somebody who grew up having to watch like John Wayne movies for the most representation uh, for their tribe, really, uh, you know, it's not really. You, know, It's very easy to learn critiques, I guess, mm-hmm. through that lens because you're constantly seeing yourself portrayed as the villain, yeah. you know? Um, so that uh, easily causes some psychological um, issues, I guess, probably in children. I would assume all children, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh but like uh you know, uh indigenous movements uh you know had like a profound influence on the Black Panther movement.
0: Or mm-hmm.
1: like uh, uh or, or or vice versa, you know, is really feeding into one another. Um like Dennis Banks and Clyde Bellacourt were heavily influenced while in prison by the Black Panther movement. Um and uh when they get out they directly organize based on a lot of the same tactics used by the Black Panther Party, but instead of using guns, they just used cameras and stuff like that, trying to take a nonviolent approach. Uh, but like uh, uh, Geronimo Pratt, I forgot what his um, government name was, but uh, Geronimo Pratt took their name from you know Geronimo, you know, yeah. <laughs> pretty famous. Uh, <laughs> and then like uh, the. Black Panther Party was also at the occupation of uh, the BIA uh, in DC during uh, nineteen seventy two, and like they they were offering dynamite to say the least. Uh, (laughs) They ended up like pouring gasoline all over the building, and uh, they let some camera people in, and they were like, "You know what's that smell?" You know, like, well, let's just say uh, everybody's smoking cigarettes on the roof now. <laughs> and then, like Alcatraz in general, galvanized the entire left nationally. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of nuance with Alcatraz, but you got to give its credits where it's due. Um, you know, uh, pay attention in February. I'll be releasing a documentary. Uh, but, like,
0: uh, <laughs> shame the self-plug.
1: Yeah, 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 right. Uh, you know, Wounded Knee 73, um, you know, received support from all over the world uh the sandinistas you know uh became great friends with the american indian movement and even uh, relied on them to ease tensions with uh the indigenous populations there uh meanwhile russell means basically got kicked out and like, started helping the contras this a shit show anyway um Uh, Yeah, so, like, you know, there's a lot that's, like, kind of ignored on this front. Um, But, uh, you know, all of this is to say uh, is that these are examples of how change comes from below and to the left in this country. And that paying attention to the colonized people is sort of, like, the spearhead of revolution here um, is going to be, you know, of the utmost importance. If you're actually, if you're a serious person, in my opinion. You know, a deeply unserious person will quote to you to the end Stalin, Lenin, and Mao. But, you know, you won't hear much outside those three. Maybe you'll hear about Engels. You know, it's just like there's more beyond that. And especially when it comes to the national question, you know, um, yes, we should begin with Lenin's rights of a nation to self determine. Um, then we go on to Stalin's national and colonial question. And then we see how those two viewed those same concepts at the end of their lives, uh, how they applied it themselves, mm-hmm. you know, their, what they wrote versus how they acted. Um, and then you look at how history unfolded because, what, 53 or 51? Somewhere in there Stalin dies. 52, so, uh, I 52, yeah, okay, yeah, right in that. the middle.
0: We're really close. (laughs) Early 50s, guys. We're going off the dome here. Um. Yeah, so, like, uh, you know, they're uh, huge. it's it's like math, right? They're foundational, so so you want to uh, learn them first. But you don't spend your whole life going, man. I can add really fucking good.
1: Like, well, the you, thing is, is you right? You more. have you have China and North Korea are probably some of the more late, like probably one mm-hmm. of the last few revolutions Stalin would have personally seen. Mm-hmm. You know that were like genuine revolutions rather yeah. than um, like propped up by the USSR's exportation of revolution or whatever. Um, And so, like, judging from those facts, like, you know, the DPRK, you start to see decolonial Marxism really start to take form, like, in how I define um, the two pillars I think the American left should, well, not really just the American left, but, like, you know, any settler colonial left uh, in general, um, should move forward based on indigenous socialism and decolonial marxism indigenous socialism i defined as a socialist ideal informed by the place uh, and uh, like land in which you're organizing you know Mm -hmm. like it shouldn't be like copy and pasted from another area right so that's indigenous socialism you know and i say socialism because i'm like well i'm not going to exclude everybody immediately (laughs) that's where decolonial marxism comes in right yeah. so I, I argue decolonial Marxism is its own unique second concept. Um, and that's Marxism-Leninism, uh, but as advanced by Juche, you know, Guiana, uh, Angola, you know, the many decolonial yeah. revolutions that came after the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. uh, but should still acknowledge the lessons learned in the Soviet Union, rather than seeking to revise history for no other reason than to separate yourself based on bourgeois respectability I guess
0: I yeah think. I mean you can't you can't watch the
1: revolutions and
0: I mean look how close we are to Cuba you can't watch that revolution happen and go yeah you know shut off from that but you also can't fetishize that um you know ahead of Angola and you know Burkina Faso and all those places you know and and the fact that we're trying to do this right here and we have to apply this uh, to our own conditions and part of that is seeing what the revolutionaries of the past on this land did and what they stood for right so there can be,
1: we'll we'll, uh, we'll recap our paragraph and start the reading huh? mm-hmm. sounds good to me <laughs> there can be no rich people without poor people the rich depend on the poor but the poor do not need the rich we only need each other this is the power of the masses. Although indigenous peoples live in capitalist society, we continue to practice people power. Pueblo communities continue to practice, will continue to feed friends and relatives on many ceremonial occasions throughout the year. The original purpose of this was to pry surplus from those who held more wealth and redistribute it amongst those who didn't, so that uh, neither the neither a poor class nor a ruling class could form. Everyone's material needs were met, there was no starvation, no homelessness, no alienation. Everyone was a relative, and everyone had relatives. Capitalism destroyed this world. We must destroy capitalism to bring it back. And this destruction must be through a revolutionary flame, a fire that is ignited when the people throw in their labor, which is their fuel, right, mm-hmm. to this fire. Um, you know, there's a... A lot of people get the the word revolution mixed up. This is uh, Fred Hampton, by the way. Uh, continued from the last one. Okay. A lot of people get the the word revolution uh, messed mixed up with, and they think revolution is a bad word. Revolution is, is nothing more than like hearing a, a a sore, having a sore on your body, and then you put something on that sore to cure. That infection, And I'm telling you that we're living in an aff- infectious society right now. I'm telling you that we're living in a sick society. We're involved in a society that produces criminals, thieves, robbers, and rapists. Endorses integrating into the sick society before it's cleaned up is a man committing a crime against the people. He is speaking on issues faced by both black and indigenous people, but in general immigrants, uh, the poor, queer people, and the stereotypic dredges of society. I I suggest everybody listen to that 1969 uh, Hampton piece on your own. Uh, My reason for being here and being a part of the revolution used to be survival. Uh, That used to be how I worded it. Uh, Really, though, as I've matured and grown... I'm here because I care, and tremble with indignation at all the injustices of the world. To quote Che Guevara, "If you're alone, pick up trash. Learn to shoot a gun. Hunt instead of buying industrial meat. uh, Garden instead of you know frozen veggies. Or you know, I mean, that's what I have access to most of the time. Most of the veggies at my grocery store are like rotting, so it's really not worth the money. Um, Just do something." You know something that actually has like a material change mm-hmm. on the way you live your life and like actually reduces the carbon consumption you know like uh, one of the more interesting challenges somebody once said to me is try to um, only consume um, things that haven't been produced via carbon you know like they haven't come to you using carbon so like what well, like a you know like gasoline. Mm-hmm. You know fuel. So it's like you can't, anything that's delivered no, you know most stuff at the grocery store you can't, you know, go to so maybe like at the co-op or the farmer's market you might find something. Yeah. And then you
0: gotta ask, well how did they deliver it? <laughs> oh yeah. That's pretty, well, there's there's you know, no option oh, wow. in this country because of the infrastructure. That's a major issue, yeah.
1: Well exactly, it's a lot harder than you'd think mm-hmm. until you start to look at, um I mean, e- e- foraging. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'd be just surprised how much food is around you. Uh, oh yeah, uh, make an incredible. Syrup. I was going to
0: say I don't know about all of our listeners, but I know Nathan and I live in a region where not only is there there ample mushroom hunting, but there's uh, chicken of the woods. Oh yeah, mushrooms.
1: Uh, chicken of the woods. Uh, oh shit! Sorry, chicken of the woods is like rare. You. Ooh. It's it's. It's okay.
0: nice because it's, it tastes super good and it's really easy to identify because there's all, oh, it tastes like, chicken. yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it tastes like chicken and it, it's, it's one of the few mushrooms where like the poisonous varieties that are similar to it, there's only one that even has that same color and it grows completely in a different like pattern along the tree and has a different bottom. So it's really easy to right. not screw up. It's great, but you know. Well, as long as you learn how to identify it. Yeah, you've got to identify it and find it. Yeah. But I mean that 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 you know, foraging sounds like to to people sounds like, oh that's that's completely untenable, but I know lots of people that do mushroom hunting all the time.
1: Okay. No, this is the proist tip. Google has this lens function Mm -hmm. that you can take a picture of just something in the world Mm -hmm. and it'll do its best to recognize it via AI. Yeah, I, I and it works for the most I, part, like with mushrooms. I would be
0: careful with that, depending on the mushroom variety. But as long as sure, as, sure, yeah, sure. but as but as like, long as you know someone around you that knows it, start. yeah. The same thing with berries. Like there's there's you know, uh, our our state has a lot of easy to identify berries. So like you know poke berries you don't want to eat, but it's really freaking easy to identify poke berry. <laughs> they they look like a pine cone of berries. You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's with with. yeah oh yeah it looks like a little like
1: I want to know if like we call
0: it something different oh I don't I don't know maybe but uh, but yeah I mean it, it sounds if, if you haven't forged it sounds like no there's no way I don't live in the wilderness I'm not like some survivalist it seems and it's it's very normal more people do it than you think and and you'll find someone you know that does it and if you're going to start doing it um, you know lean on them for advice right I mean they probably won't show you where their mushroom grounds are and and show you where their chicken of the woods is they won't give that away but they'll they'll you know help you with how to identify stuff how to look for stuff general advice very very well typically
1: so I just looked up poke poke weed yeah poke berry. Mm-hmm. and uh, most people would say don't eat it yeah. but it's considered a part of southern cuisine
0: oh I I wouldn't eat a poke berry
1: <laughs> it's
0: yeah that's I'm part like, of southern uh, cuisine if you want to spend the night throwing up uh <laughs>
1: Like you fucking with somebody? Like, oh yeah, that's a choke share. <laughs> wink, wink. Yep. Uh, but the point being, sorry, I was so focused we, on the
0: we story. went. Yeah, I I just gave a couple examples that people don't think you know because because when it it seems esoteric, like you know, forging sounds sounds like out there, but it's 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 very normal. And then we just got completely off track. So I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 I agree. But so yeah, once you meet somebody that
1: forges, it's I don't know. It's you know. It's another sense of community, mm-hmm. right? Um, people think you're really cool. <laughs> you <know? laughs> All the other people, that forage That's another do, thing. Yeah. yeah. No, not even that. Oh. I, I find like most Normans Oh, really? Think it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, because I don't know. There's like this growing sentiment that people don't want to rely yeah. on. You know, fucking mega corporations mm-hmm. like Amazon and fuck, Walmart or like. I mean, you know, a lot of like the grocery stores around here are like uh, small business tyrants that, you know, Oh, oh they, yeah. they treat their employees like shit. Yeah. And then, like, not to mention, well, okay, so actually their produce selection usually is pretty, is usually better, mm-hmm. but then they're charging like twice as much, oh, three times it's as much. An- as like and, and this is the thing. So it's like, how am I supposed to afford this? Yeah, and
0: this is the thing we get into with Marxism, too. It doesn't even matter if they're if they're tyrants or if they're trying to be nice guys. Like, I had uh, someone who was a teacher of mine in high school who tried to be a nice guy and co-owned a small grocery store in the town where I went to high school. And they didn't make a lot of money. And so what they would do is they would hire high schoolers and then pay them under minimum wage. And it's like, just shut yeah. down your grocery store if you're underpaying people. That's shitty, man. If you can't make money yeah.
1: running a legitimate business, don't run, God, business. Yeah. don't run the business. Yeah. Don't run the business. Well, I mean, like maybe like, there's an argument to be said like, oh, you know, if Walmart wasn't here, we'd make more money and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, then, you know, perhaps there should be a bigger grassroots effort that you're willing to donate mm-hmm. to to keep walmart out like michigan kept walmart out up until the night well the
0: problem with walmart isn't isn't just walmart that's that's just a a major symptom the problem is the capitalism that's why we're here on this podcast yeah
1: Yeah. walmart's only one now crew uh kroger's kroger's whatever kroger's that's how it's Mm -hmm. it's fucking anyway midwestern bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep they uh freddy Krueger uh runs a grocery store (laughs) that uh (laughs) it'll haunt you predatory and like well they like fucking are super bad unions Mm. oh yes they are yes they are yep pieces of shit anyway but like so many you know middle. it's better than walmart i'm not supporting walmart (laughs) it's like I think it might be
0: better to support
1: Walmart. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah, St. Louis has got... Maybe you should just go to a farmer's market. St. Louis has anyway. got a
0: weird contradiction. We have two grocery stores that are, are heavily unionized, which is great. Like, so you can always support union going grocery shopping. The problem is... Is it a Piggly Wiggly? No, it's. it's they're called Deerbergs and Schnooks. The problem is, is one's like super expensive. And so like only, you know, like people that live in in Ladue and super rich say I don't know why I said Ladue like everybody knows local St. Louis area but like doctors and shit
1: Ladue sounds like a douchebag neighborhood
0: It's it's a douchebag yeah. neighborhood it's it's yeah um it's it's right by all the hospitals is where all the doctors that work at the hospitals fucking live um
1: it's like if somebody
0: I live in Auburn Hills mm-hmm. so it's like it's exactly like that yep uh, Hills, <laughs> uh, but um,
1: sounds like you have a little too much money.
0: Right? So Deerbergs is like that level grocery store, and then Schnucks is more normal price for everybody else, still on the expensive side, but more normal price, and it's it's union workers, so it's great. Except that the owners were like major historically into that veiled profit parade that's now called Fair St. Louis. That's that's an absolute, yeah. <laughs>
1: I love the oh, okay. That shit's wild. It's yeah. Fun. Ever since I first heard about mm-hmm. that shit, because like I started learning how Mardi Gras is like uh, originally like an indigenous celebration, I guess. Uh, and so, I didn't even know that. Right? You never hear about yeah. that. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. Then you start hearing about this black veil prince shit. and It's like, oh, this is white supremacists yeah. taking over celebrations mm-hmm. that originally were centered around you know black and indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's solid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, like nobody like ever wants to talk about the shit. But it's like, I-, I can't think of a single thing in this society that like, I can't relate to settler colonialism, fucking climate change. Yeah. You know, like yeah. It, uh, uh, there's a game that my uh, friend likes to play whenever we drink together. Uh, he's he's just a regular dude. He's just a he's a roofer. He hates his union because they're like. Um, the union bosses are super friendly with the corporations mm, and shit yep. like that. And like yep, that, really fun. Yeah, weather. that's yeah, classic. Classic reaction. Yeah, there. again,
0: this is yeah. This is one of the things we talk about where a union isn't. We're, we're pro union big time here, but a union we're not portrayed unionists because union isn't inherently pro worker. It depends on you know the right. structure. You can't
1: hail yeah. the union. Yeah, like the labor movement isn't enough. The labor movement's great, and it's a sign of um, the working class being ready for. Um More radical change, mm-hmm. as well as like with people like Chris Smalls, you have a a, a higher um, uh, drive towards militant mm-hmm. unionism. Yep. Um, and I think that, you know, needs to be pushed more and more, especially by Marxists. Um, but it's not enough to tail that movement. Yeah. On. Well, so, and, it, and additionally, have to leave. too, there's, we have to leave. there's
0: also, and that's why we specify trade unions, cause there's also quote unquote unions that aren't really pro-worker at all, like police unions. Um, Oh yeah I, yeah, I can't yeah, even okay, remember yeah, sure. the name of the the Polish union that that like kind of took down communism in in Poland I suddenly can't think of it um, that's an obvious example obviously there was that that boss and worker only legal union that was there under Hitler in Germany I forget what it was called like the German union federate yeah Hitler like abolished unions except one that you could be in but the bosses were in it too so instead of it being a, a worker led organization for bosses it was a nazi you get stopped it was a nazi party <laughs> yeah it was a nazi party appointed leader union with bosses and workers it was it wasn't a union at all uh <laughs> you know class collaboration by force yeah yeah <laughs> fantastic um what is fascism folks uh <laughs> but you know so see that's different
1: than that example i gave a couple episodes where i said what if your boss became a worker and forced you to be in a Mm union yeah this is different (laughs) because they still were bosses yeah yeah so like you got to just renounce that and make everybody the boss of each other i don't know however you want to describe it (laughs) nobody's the boss of each other or everybody's the boss of each other whatever makes you feel happier Mm -hmm. you know it's equal all Mm -hmm. right we're accountable to one another. absolutely that's
0: that's what absolutely uh we're through oh, one paragraph indeed. that we read in a different episode so let's jump back into reading yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say what are we 30
1: 40 minutes yes in. fantastic People power is the most direct form of democracy. Every day, people decide what's best for themselves, not the elite and powerful. The wealthiest in the world have refused to pay taxes for more than a century, while indigenous people starve and die of preventable diseases. Uh, Well, we could go into COVID, but uh, (laughs) anyway. (coughs) They sent us body bags. So uh, we are... Yeah, instead of actual help, they sent us body bags. We are the conviction that... Crying, what? We are the conviction that crying on the soldier of the man who stole sorry, we are of the Somebody conviction this book.
0: We are of the conviction. there we go. Yeah, we are of the conviction that crying on the shoulder of a man who stole your land is the opposite of people power. You can't smudge the murder out of capitalism, nor can you expect
1: the powerful to give up their wealth out of the kindness of their hearts. So how do we get things to change? Lobby Congress. And politicians? No. We reach out directly to our people, hitting the streets and galvanizing the sports of poor and working-class communities. Once community sport is galvanized, politicians will follow. Even if they don't, we will continue to organize and build power from below that cannot be ignored nor crushed. Our leverage is people. Leverage comes from a movement behind you, and the power comes from reclaiming your rightful path towards equal development. (coughs) You know, there's a more radical position that we can't quite say <laughs> right away because liberals will be immediately thrown off. <laughs> it comes from the barrel of a gun. Um, uh, <laughs> where? where were we? Only, only uh, <laughs> when people move. Only when people move do we build enough power to force concessions and eventually win. Um, well, and so that that is a big point is that you can force, like. <laughs> I kind of call it the Zat Brannigan theory of change. where Enough people get arrested, beaten, and shot. There will be change. <laughs> um, you know, maybe we should do some of the shooting, beating. Yeah, thing. yeah. But, but uh, you know, that's just a suggestion. A little too much one-sided war. Sometimes you know, there's
0: two sides can I have casualties. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really agree necessarily that we should always be peaceful because I'm a little more radical than most traditional Lakota people. Mm. whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> three. Section three. Section three. three. Polit- Politicians can't do. Well, oh, wow, I was just going to read because you
0: finished the section, but it was only two paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It makes okay. sense. Okay. It makes sense. No, not Politicians not. can't do what only the mass movements do. Politicians use the term reform as a catch-all for their plans for social change. Oh, I like that sentence. That's good. Um, because it's true, right? Like, what does reform mean? You know, like you could say – Well, right. Yeah, people be like prison reform. And like, does that mean throw money at it and then turn the other cheek? Does that mean getting rid of bail and, and defunding the police? Like, that's a pretty big net. What does it mean? And you just say reform and then you get everybody on board well, and do whatever the hell you want.
1: Well, and, and so that's why earlier in the book we mentioned non reform reform, which is it's negation of the negative. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. uh, contradiction. Blah, 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 dialectic.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's words go. <laughs> uh,
1: let's just throw in a bunch of word salad. Yeah. But basically, when you get down to it, you know, um, it's not actually about reform. What You know, reform is this catch all that is so vague. That revolution could be considered reform if you fucking you know word it correctly. They'd mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah, what if we, as the workers, banded together, forced our will onto the bosses, and reformed society?" yeah, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's even the liberals would be on board with that and tell so, like the marxists are like by reform i mean
0: i'm gonna fucking shoot <laughs> <And> it, what <laughs> in minecraft in minecraft we're gonna reform um, them uh, uh the same way we reform reformed mussolini but you know i mean it, um, we're gonna reform
1: their head into the yeah. uh into a, a expressionist you there know, you go. um what's a postmodern painting yeah know, postmodernism.
0: modernism <laughs> yeah mm-hmm the splash painting, splatter, splatter painting. Yeah,
1: that's it. Splash painting. Yeah, whoever is famous yep. for that one. Um, I don't. Okay. I don't know.
0: I can't think of artists right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're doing so good at reading things.
1: I don't remember who splashed painting. Yes, effectively. Yes, but it was
0: one. Of, it was one of the the um, okay. uh, postmodernists. Um, is Warhol
1: a postmodernist? Yes,
0: but I don't think Warhol for was sure. the one that did okay. that. But but Warhol for sure.
1: No, but yeah, I, same, That's who I think. Same of. category. Yes,
0: same. Yeah, okay. okay. I just want to make yep. sure. Um, and, and I was also going to just throw in the word change. Like, that's the same kind of thing, right? We, it's benign. We can use it for our, our, our motives, but also, like, don't fall for someone else saying it. It's just, it's 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 too broad of a word. It doesn't mean anything. Pretty much
1: every single um, president who's ever won mm-hmm. is the person whose slogan
0: most resembled
1: the term change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever change is nothing. Because <laughs> what the fuck does change mean? Yeah. Mole people. (laughs) The Illuminati. Uh, So, (laughs) reform typically means asking the powerful to implement gradual changes that we hope will eventually improve our lives. This approach attempts to treat the symptoms of a crisis rather than the structures of power that created the crisis in the first place. For example, in March 2016, white police officer Austin Shipley murdered 27-year-old Navajo mother L'Oreal I do not know how to pronounce this last name. Sengine? Sure. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, Danae, friends, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, um, but we're, we're going to go with Sin-Gine, um or Sengine, because that it seems right. If that's really bad, just, like, send in a voice clip. Yes. And, and, and also, we apologize, because the last thing we want to do is... is is disrespect a, a, a you know victim of uh, police brutality? Blame David. Yeah, blame. Yeah, I we, we made the white guy say it, so it's it's my fault. It's my white bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cop out. Cop, cop out. out, cop out. Cop <laughs> out. Uh, but anyway, um, in broad daylight in Winslow, Arizona, uh, the murder was captured on his mandatory lapel camera, a result of police reforms. Lapel cameras are often cited by police reformers as a necessary deterrent to police violence and killing. I got to shut up and read the book. Let me didn't tell I? you.
1: Let me tell you. The, you okay. You, I don't know how many times I've seen a police fucking video where it's just... A, yeah. I, I'm sorry. What, what are you saying? Says, I can't quite... You can't quite hear me in the court case for some reason because I kept hitting my microphone for some reason. Mm-hmm. I kept putting my hand right here in front of my chest for some
0: reason. Weird. Well, here's the
1: thing. Why would I do they're, like They're supposedly that not allowed... I wasn't hiding anything. Yeah, they're
0: supposedly not allowed to turn it off. But first off...
1: It malfunctions. It, all yeah, it, it malfunctions. Thirty-five like percent yeah. of the cases. Yeah, there's a malfunction mm. with camels. Yeah, well, like a. a fu- oh, I can get into. It. Oh my god. I, I. mean, in the middle of a fucking case. Yes. I wish I had the money to actually sue fucking people. Fuck. Jeez.
0: Oh, um. But you know, in addition, of course, this is also I shut up and let the book talk because I was going into. Reform, what does reform mean? And then it immediately like does that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> classic Marks madness. Uh, but also. Um. You know, when they're doing these body cameras, they're getting money thrown at them. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, and then you also have like the the training. That's the worst one. Live PD and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? Where like, you know, they just fucking take these cameras now and, uh, you know, the worst moments in people's lives, worse than cops. Mm -hmm. Worse than cops. Because cops like really fucking, you know, capitalize on like, you know, impoverished areas that were like you know have like a, a sort of like national attention already mm-hmm. right whereas live PD it's everybody it's fucking cops sending in the America's funniest home videos of fucking arrest it's disgusting mm-hmm. oh my fucking like just, I, I've i just seen some horrible horrible cases where it's just like wow you know this person probably shouldn't be in there yeah, video, like. yeah. Uh,
0: yet Shipley murdered Singin it's Syngine, I'm, I'm going to go with Sinjin. That seems the most correct. Uh, with impunity and face no charges. The same year Sinjin was murdered, police arrested over 800 water protectors and brutalized and traumatized countless others at Standing Rock. That year, pr- police killed Native people at higher rates than any other group and killed Native women at six times the rate of white women. Yet when proponents call for reform for missing and murdered indigenous women and girls in two spirits, the solution is often more police. Well, and then like uh,
1: Trump, you know, did the whole lip service bullshit. What came of that? Mm-hmm. Nothing.
0: What happened? Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. Nothing.
1: Well, I mean. Maybe I'm not following it close enough. Maybe there is something huge coming and I don't know. But as far as I know, nobody's
0: We, we talked about before the incredible correlation of, of missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and two spirits along pipelines. Like, you could map it along pipelines. Oh, always. And, oh. and yet pipeline expansion continues unabated and fully supported by by the forces of the state. You know?
1: Well, or, 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 or uh, so, like, in Minnesota, uh, the governor... Uh, st- condemned line three and then uh, the feds gave the go-ahead so they just continued yeah
0: it's like well a lot of good that did um yeah you know so,
1: so much for states rights am i right republicans <laughs> weird you didn't come weird you didn't come complain about states rights for that issue mm-hmm. that's crazy how that one happened mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, it pisses me off because it's just
0: it's pure hypocrisy. Well, because it should, you know. I mean, and they don't care. Hypocrisy isn't appealing to, to any of them because they know they're lying through their teeth, but it's still bullshit. Right. Um... In 2018 and 2019, we saw an increase of deaths in indigenous children in migrant detention centers along the U.S.-Mexico border. We witnessed the shooting by U.S. Border Patrol of Claudia Patricia Gomez Gonzalez, an indigenous woman from Guatemala. And we mourned the death of indigenous trans woman uh, Roxana Hernandez in a detention facility operated by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE. Immigration reformers have called for the border patrol to keep families together and have also filed suits to call for the construction of more humane cages for these families and individuals. Which is just like
1: what about no?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why isn't your cage nicer? Like,
1: I mean, why do we have to say humane mm-hmm.
0: cages? And this is and this is always what you run into because then people are like, well, do you want them to stay in the bad conditions? Like, no, of course not. Like, this is...
1: They shouldn't be in a concentration camp.
0: Yeah. yeah, just straight up. And this is this is exactly what you get when you get into abolitionist discussions, and it's why the word reform is so dirty around any abolitionist discussion. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, the question is these reform th- 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 now see I am mixing up the sentence. The question these reformers ask is can we improve the police? Who do we need to lobby to make these improvements? Instead we ask why do we need police? Why do we need borders? You're ready to jump in with something, aren't you? Am I holding you off? N- okay. no, 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 okay. no no no. Um Chingala Chingala Ma- migra Is that how you pronounce that? Migra. Migra? Chingala Migra? Abolish ICE and no ban on stolen land are not mere slogans, but demands for dignified life. The police, military, and border patrol exist to protect the interests and wealth of the elite. Instead of providing life-saving housing, health care, and food, reforms give us more cops, more soldiers, and more cages.
1: Well, and that's like one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, they sent us body bags, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if we just voted for Bernie in 2016, COVID wouldn't have been a fucking issue. Um,
0: Uh,
1: We gave like a trillion dollars a day to Wall Street during COVID. mm -hmm. It costs $4 trillion for a year. universal health care and that's you know if everybody went ham you know first year we just went we're going to spend as much as we already do but it's all going to be you know um single payer and this isn't even yet addressing pharmaceutical um renegotiations yeah or nationalizations if we're Gonna go communist if you're gonna call Bernie Sanders a fucking communist. <laughs> Let's fucking nationalize the pharmaceutical company.
0: Anyway, Ugh. yeah, I mean, and 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 that's still just four trillion. It's not that damn expensive. And and there was a study on it. It it shows how many causes the COVID pandemic has uh, that tie back to capitalism. Um, the one I will always lean on is the intellectual property issue that stopped vaccines from being worldwide. Oh also, the dishonest messaging that a vaccine that was never tested to stop spread because some vaccines just stop symptoms. I know, Anytime some sp- somebody spread. starts like, yeah,
1: anytime a radical starts advocating for intellectual property, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't care if this is like how you're making money or yeah. whatever. It's like, You should encourage people to steal your shit. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like, one of my favorite bands is called The Suicide Machines, and they have this awesome album called Steal This Record. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) Because you you know you've made it when people are stealing your shit. That's right.
0: Okay. That's right.
1: Um, I will always encourage, as somebody who, you know, might paywall a series or two. I don't know. I don't really want to ever paywall anything that's, like, important. I can see myself paywalling ancient aliens because.
0: Paywall the fun stuff, yeah. Pretty stupid. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. It doesn't matter. Like, uh, I, I'm studying this guy, Dr. Uwe Apel. He's a real PhD. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, this man's not lying, but he. He. Uh, <laughs> he's not purposely lying. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure him out still, but I don't think I ever will. But I have his phone number, so I'm considering calling Oh, my like, hey. God.
0: This, how does this stuff happen? Yeah,
1: I went too hard. I went too hard on research, everyone. Oh, geez. Pay, that's why they pay me the big bucks at Jacksonville. <laughs> they don't. They paid me
0: nope. very nope. little. Anyway. Uh, oh, all I was going to say is COVID's uh, causes You know, include intellectual property, bad messaging um, on masks. You know the the wants of capital, all of those things. But also, if we just had universal health care, I think it was like twenty five percent our COVID deaths would have gone down. Now that still leaves seventy five percent of the deaths, and we're still twenty five percent of the world deaths on four percent of the population. No, but that's assuming. But that's a,
1: that's assuming messaging. Stays yeah, that's the
0: assuming same. messaging stays the same. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, but again, and that's it's like mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would. Have, so I'm going to be honest. I feel like if we have a universal healthcare system, we might have a little, a little more
0: pull from it, yeah, so that they don't get egg on their face. But I don't know. I mean, look at look at Great Britain, right? I mean,
1: I I just, it's one of those things where it's like, it, you could see all around the world pretty much, besides like. What New Zealand is like the only mm-hmm. liberal state that did pretty good. Yeah, South Korea did pretty good too, right? Yeah, South Korea and New Zealand but did good, but I think I,
0: in, in like, South Korea is very old. fashion. Yeah, but but they are um, they are still there in East Asia where they saw you know they at least saw that China handled the first SARS correctly and approached COVID from their SARS knowledge that they had they had acquired with that first breakout, and that's why all of those. East Asian countries, socialists like Vietnam or not-so-socialists like South Korea or Japan, still took a lot of very similar measures to but China and were very effective. Because the air quality... Oh, yeah, it's just the smog is so bad because socialism ruined it and backwards China, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, it's only like the same air quality. Well, actually better air quality in, than L.A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> I want to go to Beijing so bad to eat mule.
0: Really? I didn't... Know. It's the
1: best meat. Apparently, it's the cheapest. Hmm. So it's and it's really good. That's, I
0: mean, a horse is good. I don't see why a mule wouldn't be. Yeah. I just never had a meal yeah. I don't know.
1: Uh, it's not something you eat often.
0: No, no, not not really. Either they're put to so much use. Usually, they're not. Usually, yeah, yeah they're, they're not, not usually raised for the meat. Well, but.
1: But, but that's just what like no, but like they're not like killing them like <laughs> prematurely. Like they raise them pretty full. <laughs>
0: lives. It's pretty cool, China. Cool. Um. Anyway anyway, states protect capital and its caretakers, the ruling class. They do not protect the people. Reformists who appeal to the state for change compromise our future by aligning with the interests of the ruling class. We refuse to compromise, but we do believe in reform, just a different kind, a non reformist reform. Hey, we we got shut up and read the book.
1: Oh maybe I was early. Maybe I was early. <laughs> maybe i remembered this because i oh, was you said, you said
0: uh, earlier in the book and then we turned around and read it so yeah yeah sorry i'm uh... <laughs> uh, a non-reformist I'm reform ahead. that doesn't limit the possibilities of what the status quo offers but which fundamentally challenges the existing structure of power by prioritizing, organizing, and elevating the needs and demands of the masses. We don't want to improve the system by implementing policies from the top down. We want to destroy it, either by fire or a million small cuts, in order to replace it. Our philosophy of reform is thus, to reallocate social wealth back to those who actually produce it, Workers, the poor, indigenous people, women, migrants, caretakers of the land and the land itself. The restoration of social wealth means the empowerment of those who have been dispossessed. Social wealth can be restored by building a mass movement that has the power and leverage to reclaim resources from the ruling class and redistribute them to the dispossessed. Finally getting a little – really – I mean we've been radical all book, but finally getting explicitly radical and not – well,
1: right. Well, you know, we're 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 a little further along.
0: Where you can it's be opening like, up. Yep.
1: You already you, you're into the you know you bought the book. Might as well. Forget. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this you know this cannot be the end game. And instead, it's only a step forward you know, uh, to stressing the contradictions. Uh, whether the author's meant it to be or not, this should have been. Um, further clarified, you know, in my opinion, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, if that was not supposed to be the intent, right, Uh, you know, that said, action speaks louder than words. So while we uh, feel those in need, uh, while we feed those in need, sorry, uh, while we feed those in need, we demand government action to ease the burden of the working class, um, which know a lot of people would be like oh that's gonna like um end revolutionary fervor and it's like dude i no look if i can stop wasting resources on feeding everybody that'd be cool i also i hate we could just have like basic human needs i
0: hate that idea that if you meet needs the revolutionary fervor will end no if you let the ruling class meet the needs, then people will turn to the ruling class because they're the ones that get done and provide things. If you meet those needs, including if you force it to happen through the ruling class, then people will know to turn to you when they want things done. Getting things done builds towards builds towards revolution. It doesn't take it away. And the thing that gives people confusion is when you sit back and let the ruling class take advantage of it and become the people that provide instead of you because you have failed your fellow workers. That's what sets revolution back.
1: Well, so to quote Rosa, people who pronounce themselves in favor of the method of legislative reform in place of and in contradiction to the conquest of political power and social revolution do not really choose a more uh, tranquil, calmer, and slower road to the same goal, but a different goal. Instead of taking a stand for the uh, establishment of a new society, they take a stand for uh, surface modifications to the old society. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Rosewood was so, real shit. That's a good place to end right now. Yeah. Since we're, we're on to the next section we, and uh, we just hit an hour. Yeah, so I I, I,
0: I think good. the timing's good, so, uh, if you want to fire away with plugs, because I don't have anything to do at the oh, end. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 okay, yeah, so, uh, okay, well, well, we we're Mark Spanish. Uh, yeah. I, I'm banned to Turtle Island, though, uh, so, like, this is a collaboration project mm-hmm. that's, uh, meant to read the Red Nations, the Red Deal. We started it before I left them, so, uh, Uh, you know um, whatever Uh, anyway we're going to finish the job we already started Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to do my best to represent them uh, you know however the best I can Um, that said uh, you know support them since we're reading their book Um, you know maybe buy the book yourself otherwise you know
0: goes well with Red Nation Raisin
1: it goes good with Red Nation Rising. That's a good book to read after this. Um, Decolonial Marxism mm-hmm. by Walter Rodney, and then Custer Died for Your Sins by Vine Deloria Jr. Mm-hmm. Those are my kind of like four books I'm recommending. There
0: right we next. go. There's there's your uh, new Fred hey. Hampton reading list from from you right there. 2's reading list. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I got way better reading list, but that's like sort of like if you're if you're if you're on board already. Mm-hmm let's advance this shit and get a move on with the conversation. Am yep. I right? Um, so as far as the ways you can help support me, uh, I am currently doing, uh, winter survival drive for Pine Ridge reservation. That's my home reservation, uh, where my uncle, uh, well, my uncle's aunts and stuff, uh, you know, they're sort of my hands on the res, uh, we're, uh, distributing and cutting wood for elders. Um, you know, like with chainsaw and by ax, uh, Whereas, you know, some people, like, uh, TRN pay for log splitters, but, you know, they're not really good at answering people's requests on the res, um, so I try to be better about that kind of stuff, uh, and so, uh, we, uh, you know, we're trying to raise $3,000 right now for, uh, fixing people's roof, well, fixing people's roofs, we're gonna be throwing tarps on people's leaking roofs to try to reduce leaking, um, and then we're gonna you know, probably flex seal it or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Duct tape. <it. laughs> uh, but yeah, you anything you've seen on the
0: Red Green show, that that's gonna happen.
1: Oh. <laughs> exactly. But you can go to my Twitter and you can see a list of causes on my pinned tweets that you can go to, which is at Bands Island. Uh, you can also email me at bands of Turtle Island at gmail dot com. Uh, and you know, uh, you can ask me how you can help me. Uh, yeah, uh, donations are a big help right now. I'm trying to set up a P.O. box so people can send in like old coats, old blankets, etc. You know, just things that w- could help people stay warm, honestly, because it gets rough out there. And fucking, uh, I- I'm trying to get out there for uh, like late December, early January. Uh, to uh, bring out seasoned wood and a pre-cut wood from here since we have uh, more access to trees than my reservation does due to you, you know the pick sloan plan and stuff like that which we've learned about already in the series so i'd hope that people listening along uh might feel encouraged to you know throw like an extra five bucks or something my way um You know, if you have another $5 or so, there is also a great opportunity to help the Rec Bay community in Australia. uh, It's an Aboriginal community that relies on uh, water uh, tainted with PFAS chemicals prior to the global tainting of all water with PFAS chemicals, uh, which was uh, uh, in line with uh, basically imperialistic goals of, uh, you know, uh, trying to contain... Uh, Chinese influence via Australia and air bases. Um, uh, You know, there's a bunch of complicated shit. I'm going into, so um, you know, follow me on Twitter, and you'll you know, you'll hear a million fucking takes. I think they're all good. (laughs) Um, I'd say I haven't had that many L's except one time, thinking somebody was talking. Which idea is better, confederalism or? Uh, Unionism I said Confederalism They were like this is about The Civil War and I went Ah I hate both of them (laughs) Uh, They genocided me Both of them So I I don't know I I, I have a bad opinion On that (laughs) It's like yes freeing the slaves is good But six days after the Gettysburg Address Abe Lincoln went on to hang 38 Dakota People after the Governor of that territory said to the starving people, let them eat grass. So we killed them and stuffed grass in their mouth. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that story yes. earlier in the season. Yeah, so. yeah we did. So. I just like to repeat stuff so you remember. Sure, sure. That's an important
0: piece of history. Yeah. Um, so for the Mark's Madness side on things, um, you can get a hold of us at Mark's Madness Pod. Um, on Twitter. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, MarksMadestPod at gmail.com. You can email us anytime, uh, corrections, questions, anything like that. And then on the... Um twitter bio or you can email us uh we can get you a link to the discord um i'm not in there much but i pop in when when i'm tagged here and there shugmani too i know is in there a lot and nathan's especially in there all the time um and that's just you know a small collection of people um talk about different things so it's got its own book club i'm not sure what book they're on right now nathan's better at keeping up on that stuff um But, you know, I mean, good collection of people you want to hang around, um, keep in touch, talk about things. Um, And then um, as far as, you know, our disclaimer, because that's usually what we end with. um, Nathan and I started reading because Nathan wanted to read Capital. He knew I'd read it before. He knew theory and history of things you want to read with other people. Um, So he said, hey, you've read it once. Why don't we read it together? But two people is a small group for that. So we recorded it. And then we thought, what the hell? The recordings went good. Uh, we actually lost half of them at one point and then re-recorded it uh, because we decided to do a podcast. And lo and behold, you guys are all here. And since the beginning, what we've hoped is hopefully you're out there in your cadre, your party, your group, uh, community group, organizing, and you have a political education or reading group in there where you're reading these works along with us. And hopefully we can be another voice, another source of input in that group. Uh, let's say that's not happening and you're reading it on your own because uh, the group's working on something shorter or something more applicable to a project they're on. Um, hopefully, we can be that reading group and give you all the benefits of the reading group, another chance to review over the material so you remember it, uh, historical context, uh, other you know points and perspectives, things like that. And let's say that's not happening, and it's either a work like this where we're reading it more word for word, uh, or a work where we summarize it more, whatever we can do to make these works more accessible to you, because we want these works out there guiding your actions. When you turn theory into revolutionary action, um, it's a phenomenon called praxis, and of course, Praxis, without the theory, um, it can't exist. It's definitionally doesn't exist. And theory without the practice, it's completely useless. They go hand in hand. They're tied at the hip.
1: Theory without praxis ain't shit. That's right. Fred
0: Hampton. (laughs) Since we're quoting Fred Hampton. Oh, yeah, we will link the the power anywhere. Uh, There any... Power anywhere where there's people. Um, speech in the oh, show notes. Where yep, yep. Uh, so Hampton, it's, it's, he says it twice. That's why I keep mm-hmm, saying it. But twice. Uh, ha- <laughs> Hampton Institute has the speech, so we'll link that in the show notes. Um, and that's it. My name's Nate. Or my name's Nathan. God, see, I did that last time too. I'm so used to Nathan saying my, my name's name Nathan, Nathan first that I say his name. My name's David. No,
1: this is a Spartacus. Yes, this is Spartacus. I. Am I am Nathan. Nathan. I am Nathan, <laughs> and this has been the Nathan Madness podcast. Thanks
0: for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>